Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But is it that way with Jesus? No, he died for you, that we might live, that we might have this living hope. But notice what happens. So Peter, we see this character of this man who is a a small stone. He's a small stone. God is molding and shaping him. And then he gets saved. He gets born again. The Spirit of God indwelling him. And notice what happens. If you could, actually, we're going to spend a few moments in this chapter because it really sets the stage for the rest of Peter's epistles, the character of this man. Look at with me at Acts chapter 2. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob takes us on a journey through the book of Acts to set the stage for Peter's transformation after he received the Holy Spirit and became born from above. It's in Acts chapter 2 where we see the power of Jesus Christ and how he radically changes Peter's life forever to be able to carry on his work of bringing souls to God. We know that it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to witness effectively about the gospel of salvation. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. His mouth before he thinks. Notice also in Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 31, it says, Jesus said to them, to his disciples, all of you will stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered and said unto him, notice, Peter's the first one to speak out of all the group, you know. <laughs> and I'm one of those people. Uh, you know, there's a group of people, and I'm always opening my mouth. I'm learning to keep my mouth quiet. If you know me, if you've known me for the last 24 years, you, you, you can probably say that I'm, I'm getting a little better at that. Can anyone say amen to that for those of you who know me? Or maybe not. Maybe you're thinking, well, my wife, she knows. Yeah, I'm getting better at that. I'm learning through pain and suffering. Don't speak, just think, think, think before you speak, Rob. (laughs) But notice what Peter said. Peter answered and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. And here he is again in his self-assurance, self-confidence. And boy, that's a deadly combination. When we are confident in ourselves and what we're able to do not even aware of the frailty within our own hearts. And then finally, in that, um, in that same chapter, just not too long after that, you would think after Jesus said that, you know, I would, if I were Peter, 
I would be like, you know what? I am just going to go in my room and not even make this prophecy a possibility. I'm going to take duct tape and I'm going to wrap it around my mouth three times, and you know, to where when I pull it off, all the hair on my face and my you know, just my beard is just going to come off. That's what I would have done. <laughs> and I'm sure Peter's thinking that'll never happen, so I don't have to worry about it. But notice what happens. Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 69, I'm just going to read it to you. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and notice, a servant girl came to him. And this is, you know, this is before the crucifixion, before the resurrection, certainly way before the day of Pentecost. Peter in his flesh, Peter in his impetuous nature, Peter in his self-confidence, self-assurance, Hours later, just when Jesus had made this prophecy concerning him, but Peter sat outside in the courtyard while they were arraigning Jesus inside in the, um, the judgment area. A servant girl came up to him. Not a big, you know, not Ken Graves. What are you doing? No. Sir, you, you sound just like a Galilean. Are you a Galilean? She says, she said to him, You were also with the Jesus of Nazareth, or Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And, and then he went, um, and when he had gone out of the gateway, notice another girl saw him and said to those who were, with there, who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied it with an oath now. Now the, an, the ante is racked up a little bit. The, you know, <laughs> I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you're also one of them, for your speech betrays you. you got the dialect happening there. We know you're from Galilee. And then he began to curse and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so he went out and he wept bitterly. See, Peter didn't know himself. And do you really know yourself? I don't really know myself because I'm put into situations perhaps that I've never been before and then I'm shocked when I act a certain way, when I respond a certain way. And God is not shocked. And that's why his love is so wonderful because he knows all of this about me and you and yet he loves us. Yet he still cares about you. Yet he still wants to minister to you. He's not angry. He's taking the punishment out on his son. There's no need for him to be taking it out on you. It is true he chastens those whom he loves but he chastens with the intention of instructing you. Instructing you. I need to be instructed. I need to be schooled. But it's not done out of anger. It's done out of love. See, that's the way God is for all of us. That's the difference, folks. There are people serving gods this morning all over this world. Gods that are nothing more than demons. Gods that are not gods at all. They're, 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 They're idols. They're gods that hate people. And hate anybody who doesn't agree with them, with their ideology. Does God hate you if you deny him? No, he still loves you. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. No other world religion can say that. If you say that to somebody who is from Islam, their, their very nat- the very character of that world religion is submission and domination at any cost. And if you don't submit, death is a good opportunity. Or death is a good uh, possibility for you. But is it that way with Jesus? No, he died for you, that we might live, that we might have this living hope. But notice what happens. So Peter, we see this character of this man who is a, a small stone. He's a small stone. God is 
molding and shaping him. And then he gets saved. He gets born again. The Spirit of God indwelling him. And notice what happens. If you could, actually, we're going to spend a few moments in this chapter because it really sets the stage for the rest of Peter's epistles, the character of this man. Look at with me at Acts chapter 2, and we're just going to look at verse 14 down through verse 41. And we're going to read the whole thing because you're going to see a very different Peter here after, after his conversion on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon him and the others in the room, the 120 in that upper room that, that evening. A different dynamic about his life now. And see, this, to me, is so important for us today. Because I can say all I want. I can, I can be a Christian in name. And, and I can have uh, you know, the hope of salvation. But I need the power of God. I need the very power of God. The Spirit of God is in me. I know that I'm born again, but I need the Spirit of God to come upon me. It's, in, the, in the Scripture, it's all over, and, and especially in the, in the first several chapters of Acts. We see these men who are born again, who are, the Spirit says, it says that he came down upon them more than just once to empower them. What was the point? To empower them for service. It wasn't for some show. It wasn't to be on television. It wasn't so that TBN, you know, could have their cameras on you and say, tell us what it was like. Oh, it was great, man. I saw heaven. No, it wasn't. It's no game. It's no thing that we play with. The very power of God is necessary to live this life. Do we we realize that we can't live this life effectively without asking God, Lord, would you please baptize me? Fill me completely to overflowing. Overflowing. Remove every unclean thing in my mind and in my heart and in my life. Remove it all, Lord, and replace it with your very nature, your very character. Consume me, Lord, like a flame. No greater place than when you get to that place. And I'm, I'm longing to get more into that place, I'll be honest with you. I want more of that. Whenever he chooses, it's up to him. It's not me. I don't have a, a, an app that I just say, baptize, fill me, eye baptism, right? An app. You just click it, and all of a sudden, boom, oh, wow. And all of a sudden, there's this, this aura about you, and flames are coming out, consuming your enemies. And No, it's nothing like that. But it's, it's a gentleness. It's really love is really what it is. Have you ever met? There's been no one more baptized in the Spirit than Jesus was. And do you see him, you know, killing people? Do you see him yelling at people? No, he was the most gracious and loving to his enemies than anybody else has. You know, I saw this. Uh, never mind, I won't go there. Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Holy Ghost check. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, look at the transformation that God does in a life on the day of Pentecost, the day when the Spirit of God was poured out upon the church. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell at Jerusalem, because they're all responding to this, this thing that just happened, where all of a sudden these believers, this 120 in the upper room, when the, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, now they come out into the streets and they're sharing the truth of God, the gospel, with everybody who, had, who was in the area at that time, some from Cappadocia, some from Bithynia, some from uh, you know, these different places in Asia Minor. They were all there to worship at the time. And now they're hearing in their own languages the wonderful works of God by people who have never learned the language. That's a supernatural act of God. 
And so they're all standing around. Everyone's going, what is happening here? (laughs) But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass, and here he's quoting it from Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maiden servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And, 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 you know, I believe that that he's speaking of the second coming there because when all these things that he's talking about is before Jesus physically comes to the earth. But what happens before that has to happen? The church has to be raptured. The church has to be taken up, as we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Men of Israel, he says... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which you did, which did, uh, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. In other words, you, you've seen all these things. And now, here's the point in this whole thing, and we're going to finish reading it here, and we're going to stop there. But notice the boldness in Peter. You know, as we, as we get into this epistle, we, we, we look at the character of this man, and to see what God did with him, how he was cowering before little girls, I don't know him, I don't know him. And all of a sudden, he's standing up in front of the real big shots. He's standing before the priests and the leaders and all these people. And now there's boldness. See, that's what the Spirit of God does when he baptizes you. He gives you a boldness because you don't care about anybody else. You're not even worried about your own life. And I tell you what, that is the kind of thing that the world needs to see, is Christians not cowering in fear for the things that are happening. Even the small things, the light afflictions that we're experiencing on this earth right now, what they need is to see a church empowered. And when we are empowered by the Spirit, let me tell you, they will stand up and take notice. They're going to be like, who are these people? And how can they be so bold in the face of such great power? Very simply because the power that they have (laughs) dwarfs any other power. Is there any power in the universe greater than God? He says, I know of none. (laughs) I've created it all. The powers that be are ordered by God. They're ordained by God. Peter goes on. He says there, um, for him, speaking of Jesus, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands. He's taking his finger and he's sticking it right in their chest. He's saying, you have... um, you have done this, and God foreknew this. For you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and you've put him to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Living hope, that's what we're talking about, or we're going to get into next week, is living hope. That's what he's talking about. My flesh will also rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Here he's quoting from... Psalm 69, he says, You have made known to me the ways of life, and you will make me full 
of joy in your presence. And Peter goes on and he says, Men and brethren, notice the boldness. Let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that at the fruit of his body, of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. That's our living hope that he would raise up the Christ. Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection, and then we are after that. Foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor or in the grave, Sheol, nor did his flesh see corruption. And this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. In other words, this incident that you see, this event that occurred, was exactly what was prophesied. The Spirit of God would be poured out. And let's just skip down to verse 37 here. He says, Now, when they heard this, (laughs) there were some more things that Peter had to share with them, but finally he said, When they heard this, they were cut to the heart, convicted. See, and today, if, if if a message like that was given at a popular university somewhere, perhaps, they'd run him out of town. They would ridicule him. Social media would be ablaze with with comments. This guy has lost his mind. He's a weirdo. He's an idiot. He's this. He's that. You know, and everybody would be ridiculing him. Do you think Peter would care? I don't think he would. He's glad to be a fool for Jesus. Are you willing to be a fool for Christ? It's something that the Spirit of God has to do in you. You can't prepare for that. It's just something you've got to know in your soul of souls that, God, you have saved me, and for that, what can I do? What can I, what can I give in, in, in response to that? Is there anything that I can give? Make your life a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Christ, right? So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged if you see within yourself these kinds of things. I do at times. And I have to go back and say, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me and get my focus right back. Because when I really understand who he is, everything else is pale. Everything else is pale in comparison to him. The power that he has, the forgiveness that he has, the love that he has, pale, pale, pale in comparison to anything and everything. And Peter said to them, and here it is, notice the boldness again, repent. And he's speaking to thousands of people. He's standing up on a, probably some kind of elevated rock or something like that, and he's sharing this. He says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And so Peter was sharing with them the living hope. And you know, that's the best thing you can do, is to share what God has done in you. What has he done in you? That's the thing to share with people. Share the word of God, but share what he has done in your life. That is the greatest witness. I remember after I got saved, I, one of the first things I wanted to do was to tell my family what God had done in me. And, you know, it was really hard to describe. How can you describe that? But they could see a difference. 
They could see a difference. And I, and I think there may be times where they're like, you know, oh boy, I wish I had the old Rob back. The old Rob is dead. He's buried. He's been crucified with Christ. And now, just as it says in Colossians, which we're going to look at next week, now that I've been, I've been dead in Christ, I've also, as Christ rose from the grave, I've also been raised with him in newness of life. And see, folks, that's the living hope. Don't ever lose the hope of the resurrection, not only in the fact that your names are written in the book of life, but to know that God is coming again for you. It's never happened before. Don't be discouraged. We throw around that term a lot, the rapture, the rapture. People have been waiting for it forever. And even there's a verse in the Bible where it says, you know, the the fathers have been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, they have. They didn't have any idea that this church age would be in the middle, and that would last for about 2,000 years. We've been waiting. But when it happens, when you see him, can you imagine the glory and the wonder and the love to be enveloped? Can you imagine the moment when your body is taken, folks? When you are literally taken from this flesh and bone, this corruption, and it says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, that we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Our body will be transformed into a body that's going to last for eternity, never to get sick, never to have problems and have a bad hair day. <laughs> None of that's going to happen ever again, and you'll be transformed, and that, that process as you're ascending to him is just going to be in the twinkling of an eye. And seeing him face to face, we'll see him like he is. Can you imagine? Think about that. Let your heart get totally blown by that. When you're reading your word and you're feeling kind of dull, and you're feeling like, man, I just don't feel, you know, think and dwell upon that. Think about it. Think about it. And just let it totally, let the very Spirit of God just take you away, lift you up out of your doldrums. The great hope, the living hope that you and I have is so incredible. I would love for us to be together. There's no greater time than the rapture of the church when the church is together. Wouldn't that be awesome? I hope it's on a Sunday morning. But Sunday morning where? We all have different time zones, right? Eastern time zone. Eastern. 10 o'clock Eastern. 1030. We'll just finish worship. Bam. Done. (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. So let's stand and, and just remember the living hope that you have in Christ and be encouraged and be strengthened. Amen? Amen. Father, we do thank you for the hope that we have. It's not a hope that will disappoint, Lord. It's a hope that is reserved in the heavens for us, as one of your servants says, Lord. Reserved in the heavens for us, the living hope, Jesus Christ. Lord, our bodies being changed and being with you forevermore, Lord, how we look forward to that. Lord, may we never grow tired of hearing it, hearing about it, Father. May our hearts be completely raptured by it. And may you, Lord, change our lives. Change our lives, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord, as you did that day of Pentecost. When you choose, Lord, individually or when we're together, we don't care. We just pray that you do it. Forgive us, God, for all of our sins. Lord, I pray that you'd wash every single one of us in the blood of Christ this morning. 
that, Lord, just as it says in Isaiah, we be made white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, you will be made white as snow. In Jesus' name. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.